Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners out there, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru here at Strange Brew in Starkville or at Brupolo over there in Tupelo. It's sort of weird if Brupolo was in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? Yeah. Brewsboro. Brewsboro works. Uh, then we'll go with that thing. Wherever you are in our, our great state, you can get Strange Brew Coffee every morning by just ordering it online. And I'm not talking about DoorDash. I'm talking about for you to brew. Whatever kind of coffee machine you've got on the counter, they've got you taken care of at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Just place your order there, and every morning you start your day with Strange Brew Coffee. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com, that's the place to go for maroon and white merchandise that you can't find just anywhere else because nobody else has the bigger and better selection of it than College Corner does. Mother's Day is over. Let's get it out here. That means Father's Day is coming. And that means Mississippi State merchandise is probably on your list. So grab some new stuff at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're original by Fleet Feet. They're employed by half the half shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Startville's best Mexican restaurant. Hope you guys are able to check out Cinco de Mayo at Humble Taco. It was fantastic. Hope you guys are able to get there as often as you can because it's just such a treat to eat there. It's different than you've ever had anywhere else. Better Mexican food, different Mexican food, a unique take on things, a combination of Southern and Mexican that you just can't find anywhere else. It's only at Humble Taco on University Drive, Startville's best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Looking for an easy solution today for lunch? Firehouse Subs is the answer. Download the free Firehouse Subs app. If you This weekend, they were giving away free subs all over the place if you follow them on Twitter. So make sure you're following Firehouse Subs on Twitter. Download the app, and you can get sandwiches quickly. And the best part of all is you pile up the reward points. You can eat for free quicker than you know. Locations in Starville and Columbus, Oxford and Tupelo, Floyd and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. Hey, Robbie. Hey. Not good. Not good. What's uh, going on? Is there Are there any sports to talk about? Yeah, football is only like 150 days away or something like that. Yeah, because there's really nothing else going on. I mean, Football it's kind of- looking good. 11th seed in the SEC tournament. Got a yeah. big win over LSU on Sunday to, to, to get, I think they have 10 SEC wins this year, so that's a good year for them. Other than that, I don't think there's anything else. Yeah, no, no basketball no other... to speak of or anything. I got, all right, well, I guess it's a short show today, guys. Good to talk to you. There was oh, a basketball wait. recruit on campus. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Oh, no. So here's the deal. We're calling the patient here. All right. Somebody, what's, what time is it? Give me the time. He's dead. 
He's dead. dead. It's over now. I, uh, I don't want to see any more. Well, don't don't give up on this team. They could still win the next two. No. They're not going to sweep Texas A&M and Tennessee. I gave up on basketball very early in the process and ended up being right about that. I held on to hope here probably longer than I should have. But now it's over. Mississippi State gets swept uh, by Florida at home, uh, a game, a series where they were within a run or tied going into the ninth inning of every game. And in every game, they had a, 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 an inability to get it done. You know, first inning meltdown in the first game, ninth inning meltdowns in the last two games. Um, and now the Bulldogs are tied for second to last uh, in the SEC with Kentucky. The problem is Kentucky just took two of three from Tennessee. State has Tennessee coming up. If the tournament started today, uh, I think State would be would be out. I think Kentucky would be ahead of them. Um, that Tennessee series might be the difference, to be totally honest with you. Well, you, you go from head-to-head to – Divisional so, record? No, I think it's um, – if there is no head-to-head, I think it's – what your record is against the top top team, the top seed, and then, then down. Then right now, I mean, Kentucky would be ahead because they're two and one. State's yeah, but there's no, I mean, there's no, um, there's no tiebreaker yet because sitting right. by that Tennessee, but right. I th- it's going to be difficult for me to imagine Mississippi State winning that series against Tennessee at this it's point. Kind of interesting, or maybe interesting is not the right word. Maybe tragic is the right word. Um. But, you know, last week when Sports Talk Mississippi, we were talking about State and Ole Miss and saying, okay, State's probably done enough that these last three weeks they'll get to Hoover. Ole Miss is in trouble. Ole Miss goes and sweeps Missouri, and now those roles have changed. Ole Miss has probably done enough to get to Hoover. Mississippi State is the one on the outside looking in right this second. And now State has a series coming up with, with Texas A&M, who might be the hottest team in college baseball, playing really, really well right now. And then they finish with Tennessee – who, you know, I feel like Tennessee has sewn up the number one overall seed. But, you know, if they lose their series this weekend, and I don't know who they play off the top of my head. Let me see if I can find the uh, – they have Georgia this weekend. So, I mean, a big series for them. If they, if they win one more game, I think they're they've, – if, they if they win the series this weekend, they've locked up. Number one overall? Yes. But they have to win the series. Georgia's been playing well this year. They're a good baseball team. So, yeah, but no. needless to say, I mean, they're two weeks, two weekends before this the season ends, they've almost locked up the SEC. Yeah. But um, you know, it's just you're you're talking about Ole Miss and getting into Hoover. It's not just that; it's the 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 entire conversation that we were having about these two teams going into that Ole Miss series. Ole Miss is almost dead. Mm-hmm. You know, State's shown some life. They got a win over Auburn. State can just knock them out here, and Bianco's job is is probably uh, it's it's probably set in stone that he's not coming back. Ole Miss is done. It looks like they've given up. State wins that series, and you're thinking, okay, State is moving in the right direction here of getting in a regional. Ole Miss might lose the rest of their series, and instead, I see a team this weekend in Mississippi State that looks like Ole Miss did, that looks dejected, that looks looks like they're done. Um, and obviously, Chris Lamonis's job isn't on the line, but right. um, I see an Ole Miss team that goes to Arkansas. They have a chance to sweep that series. 
they were they were in position to sweep that series. They lost the series, but they did enough. They could have easily swept that series. They were in position. And then they come out this weekend, and they take care of a bad Missouri team. Missouri's not a good team. Right. Mississippi State did not take care of business against Missouri. That was the season. When they didn't win that series last weekend, especially didn't win the series, but could have should have swept it against that awful Missouri team, that was it for Mississippi State. And it showed this weekend. This weekend might have been you know one of the worst weekends of the year for Mississippi State because everything that they've been frustrated with all season long compiled in three ball games. They didn't pitch it well. When they did pitch it well, they couldn't hit. They never came through with uh, big moments at the plate, and they made a, you know a couple of defensive miscues too. Uh, you know, going back to that first game. Terrible start from Brandon Smith, but your bullpen kind of settled it down. And you had you were in position in those in those last three innings to really do some damage. You know, they they were teetering out there on the mound. They couldn't throw strikes. Come up there, you know, RJ Yeager has a you know a jam shot on a 2-0 count with the bases loaded and one out um and grounds out. Cam James on the first pitch pops up, and that was the ball game. I mean, you have an opportunity there to break that open and get the lead in the eighth inning and State couldn't do it. And then you you fast forward to Saturday, three straight innings, you have first and second or first and third with nobody out. You scored one run in three innings. And then Cade Smith pitches a great ball game on uh, Sunday, and uh, State did nothing on offense to help him out. I mean, it was just everything we've seen this year that's been a problem for Mississippi State all happened in one series against Florida. And – I mean, talking to Chris Lamonis, I wasn't there for two of the games because I had um, I had some things to do on Friday covering some high school sports, and then Sunday I was with my mom. But uh, Saturday I was at that game, and we talked to Chris Lamonis afterwards, and you can just see that this season is really just worn on him. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it's worn on the players too. They're you know people will act like you know this team's quit or they're they don't care or whatever. That couldn't be further from the truth. That it has worn this team mentally that they haven't been able to get it done. Everything you said is true, and, and it's sort of when you're a bad team, you find what good teams find ways to win. Bad teams find ways to lose, and that's what happened this weekend. State found ways to lose. They couldn't get the clutch hit. They couldn't make the clutch pitch, and it just you know they let they let their emotions get the better of them at times. Everything that, that could have gone wrong for Mississippi State this weekend went wrong. And that's why you get swept at home by a team that, quite honestly, and this is the second time we've said this this year, after a home sweep, right? That not as good as you made them look. No. And so now, like I said, it, it's, it's going to be extremely difficult for Mississippi State to, uh, to get to, the, uh, to, to, to Hoover. Kentucky's next two series are with South Carolina, who's been one of the you know up and down teams this year, Not and good. they finish at home against Auburn. Now Auburn's a good baseball team, but State was able to get two from them. You know, I think eleven wins gets you to Hoover. I feel like eleven should be enough. So, who can get eleven wins? Can State get two wins in the last six? It's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. 
I can't believe we're talking about this, man. I, I it really is. It's surreal. you know, it, it, you have bad seasons. It, it happens in, in baseball. It's it's very difficult every single year to compete for championships in baseball. It's just Florida. You know, they have um that they have a really good recruiting base, and you know they're top five just about every year. And they have they came this weekend with eight SEC wins. They're having a bad season. Hadn't had a great last few years. You know, it happens. LSU wasn't good last year. Ole Miss has some up and down seasons. Arkansas was the worst team in the SEC in 2016. But I kind of thought that these days were were over at this point for Mississippi State. And maybe that's naive for me to think that. But especially after winning a national championship, it's hard to imagine, especially the year after, this team being as bad as it is. And um, I, I don't mean that in a derogatory way towards the players because I believe that this team is talented, but this team is bad. Yeah. It just, it just is. It's not a good team. Um, they, they, haven't shown, they haven't been really good at anything this year. Um, uh, home run hitting, I guess, would be the only thing. But and they aren't timing. Yeah, I, to me, that might be the biggest issue with this team is they've tried to become more of a home run hitting team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where are the doubles and triples in the gap? Right. Where are the, where are the line drives, you know, with, with one out um, that, that brings home a run or, 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 or even two outs? Trying to do too much – has been the downfall of this offense, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and the pitching is what it is. And, so, and some of that is – it could be uh, on the coaching staff. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you can't predict you're going to have all these injuries <clears throat> that you've had. Mm-hmm. But it's just really crazy to see this team become what it has become this year. And that's a bad team. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've said that. You said it several times. Bad teams find ways to lose games like this team has. And that's Mississippi State is not a good team. No. That they are what they are at this point. There is not going to be some magical run down the stretch. This team is what it is. Right. All right. I mean, in my opinion, this team has two weekends left. They're not they're not getting there. They're not getting to Hoover, I don't think. Um, and that'll be, you know, something. I mean, think about this just from my perspective. I'm going to Hoover. Sports Talk Mississippi will be there for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday shows. There's a possi- there was a possibility going into this week that both State and Ole Miss weren't going to make it. I think Ole Miss, they should be able to get a couple more wins and, and secure themselves there. But especially now that Missouri, I mean, getting swept, Missouri's, Missouri's not making it. I don't think Missouri's going to win five games in the next uh, weekend, two weekends. It's going to come between State and South Carolina, I think. Or Kentucky. Kentucky, possibly. Well, Kentucky and Kentucky are a lot of play each other, so that's an elimination series. Yeah. Whoever loses that series is going to be down here with Mississippi State. And then Missouri. Well, yeah, I mean, top 12 go, right? Right. So, the problem for State is they they got to go on the road to play A&M and they got to play Tennessee. I mean, they have the hardest schedule of anybody that's left. Yeah, I mean, you're you've put yourself in an impossible position because you didn't do your job 
against the teams that were ranked in the bottom five of the league the last three weeks. I mean, you did against Ole Miss, but and you, Auburn, went, you won two yeah. series in a row, and you thought, okay, yeah. they've got Missouri and Florida here. Here's a real opportunity to win four series in a row and, and take – not only – if you had done that, not only do you take care of the Hoover thing, but you're probably okay going into the NCAA tournament as well. You're going to be at three yeah. seats somewhere, but you're in. Well, I mean, I mean, just just look at it right now. You're at 13 wins if you just win those two series. 13 wins. You, all you have to do is win one game. Just don't get swept the next two weeks. Yeah. Do your job. Against, and, and, heck, I mean, Missouri's bad enough you could have swept them. Mm-hmm. Sweep them, you're sitting at 14 and – 10 or whatever it is right now and you're actually competing in the sec west but that's you know the funny but, but at, that's what we, we we've said about this team all along is that they're the margin between bad and good for this team is very thin but it's stacking up here you know you get swept by lsu you get swept by florida those are winnable series um you lose your series against missouri you lose your series against georgia in winnable games this team has – I mean, you're looking at 18 wins or something right now that, that was out there for the taking yeah. that they couldn't get. At 14 and 10, not, not only are you, like, comfortably in the tournament, if your RPI was halfway decent, you'd be talking about being a host. Ugh. Do you know what state's RPI is right this second? I'm going to say 97. 102. That, that's just terrible, I mean, man. It's just – Again, and I've said this a few yeah, times. An SEC team should never be should never be that low. Surely, they're, they're, surely they're, they are by far. Oh, they're they're easy. They've got to be the worst. Missouri, Missouri, because Missouri, eight. yeah, Missouri's was not bad because they were oh, in the twenties. Seven. Kentucky is, oh. is somebody down there. Let's see. Kentucky is fifty nine, and then South Carolina is the other team with a losing record. South Carolina probably in the seventies. So yeah, it's oh. not even close. State state. State is by far the worst RPI team. And, I mean, I, I've said it a few times on Sports Talking on this podcast, just take the name Mississippi State off. Just to say, just look at the resume. 25 and 23, your strength of schedule is 61. You're 5 and 13 against the quad one teams. You've got two quad three losses and a quad four loss. I mean, what on earth would make you think this team with this resume would get into the NCAA tournament? Oh, they're going to make their conference. So, yeah. It, if you, if they're going to have to win the SEC tournament to do it. Assuming they get there. Assu- so. And that's a big assumption at this point. And so. then you're talking about, you're, I mean, you're going to have to make a run like you did in 2012. You're going to have yeah. to win. You're going to have to win like six games in six days. Yeah. This team and that team, I think, was going to get it either way. I mean, yeah. They, they, oh, yeah, they, yeah, they were. But, I mean, like, the, the, the schedule you're going to have to play. I mean, that team – Two had the SEC Pitcher of the Year. Yeah, it had several. It had uh, Kendall Graveman was on that team. Frazier, uh, Renfro. Yeah, I mean, you know, all those guys. Yeah, that this team, this team isn't built for that. No, but this is their. It's it's their fault. They put themselves in this position, okay. and there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are going to have to be um, assessed after the season. Why are these arm injuries happening? Um, is there an issue there? Is there an issue with the roster? Or, or are you going to have to totally rehaul this roster, which I think they will because they're losing a lot anyway? The scheduling. What, what can you do to make this situation better so where you're not at, not at 80 whatever it was whenever you're going into the Missouri series? 
you gave yourself no opportunity to – I mean, you had no margin of error there down the stretch because your RPI was so bad. I mean, you're, you just mentioned the RPI, RPI numbers. State is almost 40 spots lower than everyone else in the SEC. Mm-hmm. That's got to be addressed too. I mean, it's uh, – because they're – I mean, South Carolina, they're re- they have a losing record right now. Overall losing record? Yeah. Uh, no, they're 24 and 22. Okay, one they have state has one more win than them. Yeah. And state is almost 40 spots lower yeah. in the RPI. Yeah. And then listen, they played Texas. Their strength the of schedule series. is 14. States is 61. Some of it's bad luck. Long Beach State turned out to be bad. But um, some of it is just poor planning. Northern Kentucky, you always knew they were going to be a bad RPI team and you scheduled a three-game yeah. set. Princeton, I, I don't know. Let me see if I can find what Princeton was RPI a season ago. I'm pretty sure they weren't. Uh, they they didn't. I don't, they even played. I mean, they even year. played last year, to be honest. Yeah, because I, I don't know the Ivy League. No, I don't Princeton, think they Well, uh, yeah, they were technically 294 because they didn't play any games. But regardless, Princeton is a team that you know is going to be bad RPI, and you scheduled a three game set with them on top of four games against the SWAC. You played a total. Of 10 games of, off the top of my head, I don't know the SWAC RPIs, but I'll make an assumption they're all under 200. Yeah. That's, that's really poor. And like you said, you can't predict that Long Beach State was going to have a, a, a terrible season. The Texas but that, Tech that wouldn't have changed at that. That wouldn't have changed at that point. Wouldn't have much. changed anything. Texas Tech was a good, that's a good thing to have with the, the thing on the coast. But, and this is the point, I talked to some, some of my friends about this uh, recently. When you look at the South and you look at baseball and how many good teams are around, I mean, instead of Northern Kentucky, schedule Georgia Southern, 74 RPI, perfectly acceptable. Schedule Western Carolina, 72 RPI. Nothing wrong with that. That's a good series for you for for, for Mississippi State. Instead of Princeton, schedule Villanova, 97 RPI, a hell of a lot better. Schedule UTSA at ninety-two RPI, heck of a lot better. The floor, the floor from their non-conference. And I'm looking teams. at last year. I'm sorry, but regardless, you see what I'm getting at. That there are enough schools in in the area that would be happy to come to Mississippi State. Troy is eighty-four. Charlotte is eighty-three. Georgia State is eighty. Houston is seventy-eight. All of these schools would come to Starkville for a three-game set. Well, the the the, the floor of the non-conference teams has to get higher. You don't have to go out there and play right. top five, te- three top five right. opponents. You got to just bring – You just have to uh, – these teams, these, uh, you know, Kent States and yeah, people like that. that Kent State's a little bit of, of bad luck as well, but – Yeah. But uh, what I, mean, I would say teams, is – Eastern or, Michigan. Yeah. You can't schedule those teams. I would say this, that I don't have a problem playing Jackson State, Alcorn Valley. All right? They're in the state. I don't have an issue with that. I know their RPI is bad, but I, I, I can get around it because you're playing in-state schools. But playing the out-of-state SWAC schools is useless. Grambling, Southern, Texas Southern, Alabama State, get them off. Why would you play them? Play UAB, play South Alabama, play Troy, play Louisiana Monroe and Louisiana Lafayette. Play real teams. Yeah. That's just one there, of the there's- there's a lot of things that have to be addressed, and um, about what you know have to be addressed. But people are sure talking about it. Let's let's get to that. Let's move on into that. That's brought to you by our friends over at 
the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. I had beef for dinner tonight. Lovely bone-in New York strip steaks that I cooked for my wife for Mother's Day. They were fantastic. And I felt good about it because not only am I helping out make, making a great dinner for my family, well, there's, you know, I'm helping our Mississippi beef providers. So go to your local butcher, go to your local grocery store, check out the meat counter, check out what's for sale. You always find great value and great meal ideas when you're dealing with beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Robbie and I had a delightful lunch on, uh, on Friday. We won't say who it was with, but we learned some good things. We'll just put it that way. Uh, at Two Brothers. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. That's, that's the place. I mean, it's just... I'm running out of superlatives for Two Brothers. Every time I talk about it, I feel like I'm not giving it enough credit. But at the same time, all I do is talk about how great it is. Because it is. It's one of my favorite restaurants, not only in Starkville, but in the entire state of Mississippi. As far as, as the, the food there goes, I put it up there against just about anybody. When you're in town, you've got to put Two Brothers on your to-do list. Great lunch, great place for dinner. And then if you want to go out at night, you want to hit, do a little nightlife, they got you covered there too. Right there in the heart of the Cotton District. That's Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great service is something every business offers you. They all make that promise to you. But who delivers on it? Who makes the difference? Well, I'm going to tell you why Advantage Business Systems is different. The products are, are top-notch, obviously, across the board with Advantage Business Systems. But it's where they step they step apart is where it's service. Because when your copier goes down, your printer, and you're on the phone on hold for an hour at a time with some big box company trying to get them out there. And they'll tell you, oh, well, we can be out there seven to 10 days. Can your business wait seven to 10 days without equipment? I don't think it can. Deal with Advantage Business Systems because then you're dealing with somebody here in the state of Mississippi. You're talking to a Mississippian. It's like doing business with your neighbor. That's a huge difference, and it's one that Advantage Business Systems is proud to offer you guys. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. So what is next year going to look like in terms of... Let's just put it like this. Let's, let's play the, 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 the scenarios, obviously. The, the best case scenario is this, that state is able to get some of its high draft choices to campus. A guy like Ross Highfield comes to mind automatically. Uh, Holcomb, what's his first name? Colby. Colby Holcomb could be an uh, uh, immediate contributor, right? Yes. They go to the portal. They're able to, to grab a couple of quality pitchers, a couple of quality, you know, maybe a second baseman, maybe an outfielder, a couple of quality bats, right? Kellum Clark returns, and he has a big season. Alford, Downs, and Hines all continue to – to grow and improve, and, and you just sort of go from there, right? Best-case scenario. And, and you know, I think next year the goal, like the, the high-end goal would be to host. I feel like I, I didn't see this year coming. So that puts me in the mind frame, Robbie, that next year is a transition year. Not a rebuilding year. You can't have a, another bad season. But a transition year where – if you're the 14 or the 15 seed, you're, you're really happy. But if you may be a two seed in somebody else's region, that may just be the case. But then there's the other side of that coin. You know, what, if, what if this happens again? What if it becomes a trend? You're two years removed from a national championship. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. 
I think that this team is going to bounce back. Lamonis is a good coach. He's a smart coach, and he's a good recruiter. He'll hit the portal. He'll find the guys he needs to. A, you'll, you'll see a step forward from Hines, from Alford, from Downs next year. Those guys will be the sort of the nucleus of the next year or so. Kellum Clark, I mean, I feel like it's, it's better than a coin toss that he's coming back. And that, that's four solid guys in the middle of your lineup. At least it should be. Um, but if it's not, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know the, the, the fringe element. And that's what I'm going to call them. They are a fringe element. Look, the people who wanted Jackie Sherrill run off after, you know, going three and eight with a preseason top 20 team, he was in year, you know, whatever, and he wasn't coming off of a national championship. That, that group eventually became six-pack. I wouldn't go out on a limb and I wouldn't call myself crazy back in 2001 for saying, hey, this isn't acceptable. This is different. Chris Lamontis is coming off of a national championship, but at the same time, the expectations are what they are. You know, how do you, how do you see this program trending? I guess is my question. Well, like you said, I mean, th- this was kind of a, a surprise. Uh, nobody was expecting this this season to happen. Surprise! 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 Yeah, not not a good one. No. Um, and it's like what I said, what, you know, I asked Lamonis on, uh, on Saturday, you know, what are you saying to your team? Because nobody's experienced this under Chris Lamonis. So that's what people, a lot of people that are, you know, throwing out the, well, he was just using the other, he was using other coaches, recruits, and he was lucky he had this and that. No, he did a really good job in his first three years coaching. Um, and this is the first time that, really that he has experienced any kind of adversity on this level. I mean, he's he, he's been almost untouchable from a decision-making standpoint, uh, putting guys in the right spot and all that, and getting through bad situations. He's, he's found ways to get through that. This year, he hasn't. And I can just see it on his face and hear it from him in press conferences – it's just been super frustrating for him because this is nothing that he's been that no buttons that he's pushing are working right now. Yeah. And sometimes that happens. I personally think the root of this is the pressure of winning the national championship is just too much for this, this team to bear at this point. I just, I don't know if they've handled that, um, the right way. And I mean, how, how do you know how to handle it? It's never happened before. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, we'll see how they respond from this. And in the past, Mississippi state's had situations like this happen and they've responded. This program's not going into the whole Chris Lamonis is going to do every single thing possible to make sure this doesn't happen again. And, um, he needs to, he's, he's, he's got to, He's getting paid a lot of money to do it. They just won a national championship. Expectations are now – you thought expectations were, were big at Mississippi State before last year. Mm. Now they've actually won it. Yeah. I mean, this is the most th- – this season has been the, 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 uh, the best attendance I think I've ever seen in a season for Mississippi State. We are seeing Mississippi State, from an interest standpoint – reach another level with yeah. this fan base and it's only going to get it's i mean 
think about the pressure that that Nick Saban and I'm not comparing Mississippi State baseball to Bama. I'm just saying, you know, teams that win national championships. Once you do it, it the margin of error for a coach and for a team at that point is very very small, and people expect it from that point on, and that's what's going to be the expectation moving forward. Mississippi State's going to have to compete for national championships. He's going to get a, a pass with his fan base, most of them, this season. Next year, that leash gets a little bit shorter with, with some of the fans. But I personally, I think Chris Limonis is good. I think this is, this is kind of an anomaly. I really do. I think he's a great coach. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country. I just think this is a bad year for, I, for this program. I tend to agree with you. I, tend, I, I think this is an anomaly, a fluke, call it what you will. That it, because so many things we predicted to happen just didn't happen. We all thought Tanner, Hancock, and James would take big step forward. Didn't happen. We thought Kellum Clark take big step forward. Power wise, sure, but he, you know, the consistency hasn't been there. Now Cumbus has been good. Jaeger have been, has been good. You know, Sims, the injuries, they just sort of are what they are. But even then, you expected, you know, I expected Stinnett and Tuller, even before Stinnett got hurt, to be bigger contributors. They haven't been. Um, it just hasn't it just hasn't worked out. I think there's also a fear in among MSU fans that like state never took advantage of 2014 in football. Right? They got to number yeah. one. They didn't win a national title, but they got to number one. They were among the nation's elite. They finished in the top ten, I think. I'm pretty sure they were no worse than 11th. They won ten games, and you had a a transcendent quarterback, and you didn't build off of it. Right? Two years later, you were six and seven. You know, four years after that, you were six and seven again, and and you're, you now you had to, you had to start all the way over with Mike Leach. I think there's a fear that Mississippi State they won they finally win the national championship, and fans are just like, was that the high point? And oh. I, I understand, of course, it is. It's a high point, but you hope to be able to get back there. You hope to be able to build off of your success, and that's what I think people are more afraid of than anything else. The state's not going to build off of that success. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why this is different because Mississippi State. That was kind of a, a lining of the planets deal for Mississippi State football in 2014. They have been knocking on this door in baseball since the 80s. Uh, Mississippi State can actually complete, compete at an elite level in this sport, and I think they're going to continue to do that. They've been to uh, the College World Series every single decade since the 70s. Um, there's only a handful of teams that's done that. So I think it's different in that regard. I think you know they, they've been – They've been in that position before. They were just kind of a, uh, you know, for lack of a better wor- word, a kind of a fluke in 14 in football. That That's not the norm for them in football. That was just, a, you know, a, everything coming together. Baseball is a little bit different because they have the means, they have the money, they have the, they have the, the recruits. They can compete at a very, very high level in this sport. Um, so, I, you know, I, I think that's a little bit of an irrational figure. Personally, but um, you know, I, I, I just I understand the frustrations from fans, but you got to be careful not getting too prisoner of the moment and you know too definitive on some of these takes. You know, wanting Andy Canizero back, and I don't oh my know. God, I that, saw some of that. I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. No, I mean the guy just got fired at, at a high school, so let's just let's throw that away. I mean. At some point, you know, but you know, we were hearing some of these things last year about Chris Lamonis before yeah. the regionals. I mean, it's never going to end that you're going to have a portion of this fan base that are going to say uh, these definitive things like Chris Lamonis sucks and stuff like that, and he can't coach. 
And then, you know, by the end of the game, they'll be talking about how much they love the team when they come back and win. I mean, it's just that's what you get with fan bases. You have to take a lot of this stuff yeah. with a grain of salt. No but doubt. One one thing that you one thing that you do have to say is they've got to they got to figure it out and make sure this doesn't happen again. Yeah. Yeah, you can't have two years in a row like this at Mississippi State for baseball. You just can't. You just can't. I always go back to fifteen. You know, state uh, was uh, was the last place team in the SEC. The next year, I think they were. Pre- I, I looked it up today. They were predicted fourth in the West. And they ended up winning the SEC. I've said it a, a bunch of times. I always thought that you know, if if that team had not been good in sixteen, John Cohen might have gotten fired. Yeah. As it was, you know, five months after the season ends, he's the athletic director. So I mean, just a just a little bit of a of a butterfly effect there. Mississippi State fans aren't going to tolerate back-to-back losing seasons. But again, and I, I feel like whenever we're, we're sort of negative like this, and, we, and you know, there's not a lot positive to say, but I feel like we should reiterate, you and I are both on the same page. Lamonis is going to get that turned around. This isn't going to be a, a trend. If it becomes a trend, it'll be dealt with. But I don't think that it will be because Chris Lamonis is the kind of coach. He's a good recruiter first and foremost, which means he'll go out, he'll go into the portal, and he'll find some impact guys. He'll see what you're bringing in as far as the uh, the freshman class, and then most importantly, you know the guys he's he's got on the roster and he's got to develop them. That's the the biggest concern for me because you didn't see a lot of development this year. Maybe those guys are just maybe those guys have just reached their ceiling. Tanner, Loke, uh, James, and Hancock. I don't know, but they didn't feel like they had another another you know step to take. Evidently, they did. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I, like I said, I think you know, it's a bad year. It's a bad season. It's going to end with no postseason baseball, in my opinion. But it won't, I don't think it'll be back-to-back years. I just don't think that. But we'll see. That's the best, the best part. Or maybe not. All right. Uh, tomorrow's show, we'll, we'll still talk a little baseball. We'll have some football talk, too. And then no show on uh, Wednesday. I will be out. So uh, no rumblings this week. And then we'll just keep moving forward with uh with plenty of football talk. I think we're about three weeks away from starting, or two weeks away from starting some SEC football previews, and then our opponent previews, and so on and so forth. So it's coming. It is coming. Guys, have a great uh, Monday, and we'll be back with you on Tuesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. If you see me staring at you, better not cool up. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.